podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, before we get started, just want to talk about a couple of our sponsors real quick. Of course, starting with mybookie.ag. Guys, head over to mybookie today. Use our promo code. It's the best time to start betting. College football just started. NFL is right around the corner, and MyBookie is the place to be placing bets this season. We wouldn't be sticking with them, and we would not be telling you to go over there if we didn't believe that they were the best in the business. If you head over there now, they are going to hook you up with a great deal on your first deposit. Using our promo code CAPITAL, C-H-A-I-R, that's CHAIR, they're going to give you a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That means if you put down 1000 bucks, they're going to give you an extra $1,000 to play with. Also, did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, I'm telling you, right now is the best time to do it. NFL's right around the corner. College football just started. Head over to mybookie.ag. Use that, use that promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, all caps. And next up, I want to talk about a local new sponsorship that we're very excited about, and that is the Alma Creamery. It's a Kansas State proud, family-owned business located in the Flint Hills of Kansas. Since 1946, the Alma Creamery has been making handcrafted cheddar and jack cheeses using local Kansas farmer's milk. The Creamery provides many different products, ranging from cheese curds to five-pound blocks, as well as cheese trays, which are perfect for any game day. The all-natural cheese curds come in several different flavors, including pepper jack, garlic, dill, Mediterranean, buffalo, and more. I'm obsessed with their garlic Whoa. cheese curds. Scott just came out of nowhere. I have not had them, and I'm they genuinely so very excited to actually check I, them out. I'm in love with them. The Creamery is conveniently located three miles south off of I-70, uh, exit 328 in Alma, Kansas. Stop by, see the Alma Creamery for all your cheesy tailgate needs. That is our couple of our sponsors. We will obviously talk about one later in the show. Now, let's get to it. It's the moment of the evening. What's up, everyone? It's Free Play Friday, and that means before we get into the episode, we have Cole Mambeck's Sharp Plays, and ironically, it is not sponsored by MyBookie like you might think it would be, but it's sponsored by BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color, Chew.com. If you use promo code ARMCHAIR today, you get your first month free from bluechew.com because if you need a little bit of help in the bedroom if you know you need a little boost head over to bluechew.com i'll tell you who probably does not have those issues that is cole Manbeck. after his performance last week he is up 161 dollars after some late game heroics in the auburn oregon game led to auburn winning and covering and Boston College getting the big upset over Virginia Tech where he had the underdog money line bet. Sadly, he missed out on a perfect week just by a couple points since Wake Forest was not able to cover versus Utah State, but he is sitting up 161 bucks. So I have a feeling he has some winners for you guys right now. His first play, 100 bucks on the money line, Texas over LSU. That's going to pay out 205 if he hits there the final two he has k-state favored by 24 points he has them covering 
over Bowling Green, and he has UCLA bouncing back versus San Diego State. They are favored by 7.5. He has the Bruins and Chip Kelly covering, which will be needed out in Westwood to keep Chip Kelly in the good graces of the Bruin boys. So that is your Cole Manbeck Sharp Plays of the Week, brought to you not by my bookie, use promo code CHAIR, but by BlueChew.com, use promo code ARMCHAIR, for if your penis doesn't get erect as quickly as you want. While your KSU gurus are doing game previews, you boneheads sit, bruise, and ride on your ski-doos. Those Boscos work hard for the team they adore. While they interview cats about their buzzer beaters, y'all fend off mosquitoes and sip lama readers. Those Boscos want to give the fans a little more. Sometimes we just want to riff and give our fans a little gift and not have to worry about what we're going to say. Bonehead Mama and Bonehead Paul, we got love for all of y'all. So come on down, it's Free Play Friday. Ooh, Bosco's Boys. Well, come on, boys. Boneheads, we are back and with another special guest for Free Play Friday number two. Not only is he a two-time first-team All-Big 12 member, an All-American, a Big 12 champion, nine-year NFL vet, a Super Bowl champion. He's also in the podcasting game. And the thing I like most about it, I'm pretty sure he's a Chelsea fan. And for that, we'll forgive him for being friends with Nate Bucati. We will ignore that. That's the legend, Nick Leckie. Nick, how are you doing this evening? That was a hell of an intro. Thank you. And Nate's an Arsenal fan, so he can suck it just like the rest of you guys. Um, well, I, I think he can suck it for other reasons, but we won't legislate the past today. So uh, we'll, we'll move on past as, that. As an and, Arsenal uh, fan, I just want to say Nate Bucati can suck it as well. So you can move on. It's gone. <laughs> No, it's fine. I I think uh, my new goal is to watch a Chelsea match with Nick Lucky somewhere in Kansas City. So I have something new to add to the bucket list. I would love that. I think that'd be lots of fun. Um, I know a a couple of my buddies are are Chelsea fans, and it's one of those things where you've kind of figured out like it's a it's like our dark secret. Right. It's like uh, I mean, because back in oh. Oh four, I when I first started watching Chelsea, I mean, I was watching in low def television, and you want to talk about get, get yourself cataracts? Is try watching an English Premier League game at like six thirty in the morning in in non high def. So I've been a fan for for a minute. I remember watching on like pretty sure some dodgy internet streams that gave my college laptop a bunch of viruses in the dorm room. So yeah, it's fun to get in high def nowadays. It's huge. Yeah, the kids don't know what they're what they're missing. They really don't. Well, definitely. We'll uh, save all the Chelsea talk for our spinoff podcast later. Uh, but before we dive into, you know, 2019 K-State and as we tease during our preview episode for Bowling Green, we're going to talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs as well. But before we do all that, uh, you're someone who has not only played for Coach Snyder, but then you've been doing you know, the media tour on 810 Sports Talk Radio for a while. So you've kind of seen on both sides the quasi-journalist and the player side. Were you surprised when it ended up happening and that is Bill retiring at the end of the 2018 season? No, I, I've all, I was always a guy. I was always beating the drum of, of you know, I think Coach had, had earned the right to call his own shot. 
And then once he finally did step down last year, it was like, all right, cool. I'm ready for a new direction. And, and I was, I was on the, uh, what's going to happen. Like I, I liked the guy from North Texas, uh, for a little bit. And then he did the, the 180 or he did the, the pivot back to North Texas. And, and then after that, when they hired Kleiman, I've, I've been on the Kleiman bandwagon since day one. Like even, even if we could have had the money to get Venables or Lovett, uh, I think Kleiman is the right fit. And I think Saturday proved, granted it's Nichols, no big deal. But still, man, those week one games with the new coach, you know, they're not a cakewalk. I mean, look at, look at KU. You know, they had to pull some stuff out of the, out of the hat to beat Indiana State. Yeah, definitely. So you you, you gave your initial reaction to Coach Kleiman. Uh, so I'll ch- I had a follow-up that was going to ask that. But me being the elite podcaster I am, I'm going to pivot. Were you surprised by how poor he was initially received? And then were you surprised of how quickly things did turn around that second and third week after he was announced? I mean, am I am I um, am I not aware or am I surprised at people's outrage on Twitter? Like, absolutely not, man. I've been I've been on that crazy train since '09, so I've seen it progress into into loudness from from the get go. So I was not I was not surprised. I was more surprised at how quickly. Everyone came around once they got to meet him and once they, they learned his story and once they saw what he did. I mean, it's it's he's got a great record of not only not only continuing success from from Craig Bowles, but from just just doing his thing. I mean, I think the toughest thing is to get to the mountaintop and stay there. Right. It's always it's easy to get there initially, but to maintain that, I think that's really difficult to do. So that to me is a, a proven winner, no matter what level of football you're playing. Nick, it was a great performance, you know, comprehensively from the team on Saturday. But how impressed were you with the offensive line performance versus Nichols? It was cool. I, I think it was really cool. I didn't check the stat line, but I didn't see I didn't see Skyler get get pressured uh, a lot. Um, I think there's some things in the um, in the outside zone concepts with regards to the run that could clean up, uh, with regards to getting the second level and getting off combo blocks. But I was pleased in their their ability to stick with the run game. Where at first quarter, it's, you know, you saw them try to do some sweeps and some zones and some slower developing plays, and those really weren't working. So they said, you know what, we're just going to run it up the gut. And you know what, Nichols, if you can stop it, stop it. But they didn't stop it all day, and it was a thing of beauty. Do you think that this uh, offensive line, you know, the personnel is more suited to play in a power and pull system, or you know, the zone system that Dickey used? So I, I think I think they're more of, of a power. Like I think they got some 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 big big kids up front, and, and I think that with with Holtorf and with France, uh, and then even with you know six and seven guys that they can rotate in there. That it's definitely power run game, and it's smash it up the gut, get combo blocks, and get up to the linebackers. And then once you get them off balance, then you can hit them with your outside stuff. So it wasn't just the offensive line that looked so dominant, but in a 49 to 14 performance versus an FCS top 10 team, what was like one or two things outside the offensive line that you were most impressed with? And what was the biggest takeaway coming away from that game? To me, I love the play calling. Um, I, I love the, the fact that uh, besides, you know, trying some stuff early and then, and then sticking with the run game when you're just getting two, three yards a pop. And, and I think that was something where that's a veteran coaching move is to say, listen, I trust my O line. You know, I just trust that Connor Riley's got those boys right. 
and that we're, we can we can run this ball all day. And then to me, it was warming up Skylar Thompson with his first couple of throws where those easy sideline over the shoulder throws, you know, five yards just to get it warmed up. And then, you know, go for Malik Knowles uh, up the middle for, you know, 30 yard, which oh, I thought he had a touchdown there early. And, uh, you know, he dropped two that were I was like, oh, there's a touchdown. So um, good flashes to see. Uh, glad he got one of Dalton Sean later on. And so, yeah, I was impressed with, with the overall just the play calling from the coaching staff. And, man, running back by committee. I mean, James Gilbert was having some struggle early. Then once Harry Trotter broke it open, then it was wide open running game. And everyone gets a touchdown. That's beautiful. So great performance against Nichols, but we got to move on to Bowling Green now. What is a couple of things that you're going to be looking at in game two um, and kind of in the rest of the season moving forward to gauge the process? I mean, excuse me, the progress of improvement. So uh, the, the cool thing about the defense, I mean, it's always cool when you pitch a shutout in the first half. You know, you'd like to see the full thing, but granted, you know, you go up by by so many, it's tough to to maintain that because, you know, they want to get that goose egg off the board. And and I'd like to see some uh, some more getting after the quarterback, just getting some pressures. Uh, the, the defense wasn't – it was weird. Like, watching the defense, it sort of looked vanilla with regards to, like, it, it felt closer. Like, if you, you didn't have a scoreboard, you're like, okay, this game's kind of close. But they're like a, the defense is like a, like an anaconda, just slowly, slowly, just enveloping the body until the, all the life is squeezed out of it. And when the first half ended, I was like, damn, they didn't score, did they? And I was like, that's wild. So that's one thing I like to see, just maybe maybe some more more pressures. And um, I think Wyatt Hubert might have had a sack. I'm not sure, or a tackle. Yeah. For he had a tack, He had one tackle for loss. Right. There were no registered sacks. Right. So yeah. So that's. I mean, sacks. I mean, sacks is not really a thing. You want more want pressures and QB hits. You know, they're all the same in my book with regards to just putting putting pressure on the quarterback. And I mean, in the one thing I said earlier, I'd like to see Malik Knowles hold on to those two catches, those two touchdowns. I think that'll come around. I think uh, Grant did a full rewatch today and. I watched some of it yesterday, and that kid knows how to run a route, so I think it'll come around for him. And, you know, that was just his fifth game. So I, I think Malik Knowles will be one that we'll uh, be loving on for another four or five years after this. I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. Just I have high expectations. So before we uh, pivot into talking a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs, I do want to ask, we're, after that week one performance, and seeing how K-State looked, and then also really how rest of the Big 12 and even Mississippi State looked, what is your win-loss prediction as we sit right here, and has that changed from pre-week one? No, it really hasn't. This is about what I expected. Um, they scored a little bit more than I expected. Um, I'm still in that 8-10 to 10 win range. I think it's very possible. I don't think I don't think there's carryover from, from one year to the next uh, in terms of momentum. And, and I think that eight to 10 wins is very achievable for this team. And I think that's their goal and, you know, competing for a big 12 title spot too. I mean, I think that's very realistic. Nick, Damn. Right? I love hearing that. <laughs> I love hearing that. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Well, it's just, I mean, you, you got the, you got, you got a junior quarterback who I swear to God was what well, I thought he was a senior. And I mean, Skyler's got a, a lot, a lot going on. I mean, the coolest thing, uh, about the game with Skyler in the second quarter when he he checked out of a play, and I believe it was a, uh, a James Gilbert touchdown run, the the 35 yard touchdown run up up the up the right B gap, and it was like Skyler recognized the defense, 
he was like, and I could see, I, I knew, I recognized that enthusiasm when you see a look that you can exploit and then you, you drew it up in practice and he audible to it and they blocked it. And it, I think it went, went for like a 24, 25 yard touchdown. And that to me was like, that was a sign of, of true leadership where uh, some schools will have it where the quarterback and the, the whole line are looking at the sidelines for the play calling. And Skyler didn't, he didn't look at the sideline once. I mean, he, he read the defense. It was a look he wanted. He quickly audible to what he wanted to have, and they scored a touchdown. And, and that's something that, to me, it really gave me a vote of confidence. I think that was one of the things that Kleiman was most happiest about after the game. Well, perfect. Uh, we will transition this. This is going to drop on Friday, so it'll be before the Bowling Green game and before the Chiefs kick off their season. I think something that all sorts of K-State fans loved seeing was the announcement on Saturday night that Byron Pringle ended up being a part of that 53-man roster. Um, and maybe it might only be for week one, but the Chiefs are only carrying five wide receivers. What is it that Byron is bringing to this team, and what do you think his role will be this season with the Chiefs? Well, I think special teams will be his role for sure. And then I think, too, just getting in, and giving the wide receivers a spell because, you know, you, you can't, you can't run all the plays. I mean, you think of all the yards that, that those guys do. And if you had the soccer tracker on them, I mean, you know, I think they're running a couple miles a game and that's just sprinting uh, and trying to get open. And I think Byron's also like, like Sammy, like uh, Watkins and he's a big body. You know, he showed he could do it. K-State, he had splashes. And, and I think that the special teams plays where, where he'll earn his keep, you know, doing kick returns, maybe some punt returns too. And then, uh, being a being a uh, a gunner or an inside guy in punt teams, and that's really where you got to learn to grind, and you really got to earn your keep. And I think Byron showed what he could do last year before he tore his hammy, and I think the Chiefs have been behind him since then. And, and I think just being consistent is what he's been, and someone they can rely on. The Chiefs, you know, kept him around this year. Uh, I'm super excited to see Pringle and what impact he has on the Chiefs. But I'm even more excited for Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Um, what, you know, if anything, does a team change when it comes to, you know, building a team or even week-to-week game planning when you have one of the most elite talents in the league like Patrick Mahomes? Man, it just – it gives you confidence. It gives you confidence where, where your game plans are a lot better and they're they're more suited to, to Pat's talents. And it's, it's you know, pocket passing – Outside the pocket passing, uh, you know, the one mark with Mahomes is that he's a terrible slider. You know, he's, he needs to figure out how to slide when he gets in the open field. Uh, definitely not head first. And um, it's it's really cool. And, and you see, like, I remember when Peyton Manning came to the Broncos, you know, the Broncos were, were lackluster and he brought them to Super Bowl champions. And, and it's one of those things where the same thing, Mahomes, he has that effect where People people want to be in Kansas City. Free agents wanted to come to Kansas City. Um, second teamers wanted to play for Kansas City and, and play their butts off because there's something special going on, and you can feel it. You can definitely feel it within Arrowhead, within the practice facility, and I think that having him there, it's, it's amazing because it makes everyone else step their game up. So after last season losing the AFC Championship in Arrowhead, is it truly a Super Bowl or bust type of season for the Chiefs? And really, is it anything less than a Super Bowl appearance, a failure for the Chiefs as long as Patrick Mahomes is here? I mean, I think, honestly, at this point, if, if you're an NFL team and, and you're not trying to win a Super Bowl, then I don't know why you're even trying. But I think the, the expectations and realistic expectations are we got to win this thing. I mean, to get so close to, to taste it, 
to be a couple a couple plays either direction and you're in the Super Bowl, that's that's a different level and that makes you hungry. That gives you a chip on your shoulder. That gives you extra motivation, extra fuel for your fire. And it's yeah, it's definitely. I think the fans expect it. I think national media expects it. I think the players expect it. So they they know what they got to do. Um, Andy Reid. Uh, Brett Veach, you know, they, they got the, the formula. They, they know what to do. They got the right personnel. And so it, it definitely is 100% Super Bowl or bust. So a lot was, you know, being made of and still is being made of the defensive unit and how poor it was last year. You know, with the moves that were made in this offseason and the change at the defensive coordinator position, how much better do you think this defense will be? Well, I mean, you can only go down one spot. I mean, 31st ranked defense, and they did a complete, <laughs> complete house cleaning uh, of the defense. You know, got rid of some vets, and they they brought in some new talent. And and I love the the relationship that Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew have already uh, from from day one. You know, being at each other's press conferences and and just kind of setting the tone for the defense. And the thing I love about both those guys, as Frank and Tyron, is that they are workhorses right they they are guys who are, are getting it done on the practice field and they're not guys who are just all right you know i'm gonna i'm gonna chill for the work week and then once game day comes i'm gonna i'm gonna step it up these guys are, are working moves in practice they're they're bringing along rookies you know first year second year guys and i think that's important when you're looking to to rebuild that that defense you know they're they're looking to to make a defense like back in the day with Derek thomas and I think that's a very achievable thing. Yeah, I think one thing I like about, you know, Tyron Matthew is he's like a culture guy. He, he comes in and immediately, you know, he's going to try to put his stamp and change the defensive culture and that, that defensive mindset. You see it all over the place already. You do. No, and, and, and that's the cool thing is that, that, you know, sometimes you get these, these superstars or free agents who are kind of their, their, their one – they're, they're one step away from the team, right, where they're kind of exist, existing in their own world and maybe they got some celebrity friends that they're hanging out with instead of, instead of you know, their teammates. And I think seeing Tyran is that, that he is, he's with his team, man. He, he wants to win. Uh, he's aggressive. He, he can play all the positions. Uh, he's, he reminds me of Troy Polamalu. He really does. And I think that's how Spagnuolo is going to use him this year, and that's, that's dangerous. That's a wild card, man. It's such an awesome wild card to have, too. When you got a guy who can not only blitz from a safety spot uh, on the corner, but can get up in the A and B gap and rough it up and, and get by some offensive linemen. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pocket nuclear weapon. While you hate to see it, Andrew Luck did end up retiring. Uh, all the offseason folks are trying to pick the Chargers to win the AFC West, but they already have some early injuries some contract disputes, some possible trades going on. Uh, so is it lining up to be another Brady-Mahomes matchup in the AFC Championship game? And if not, who might be able to play spoiler for those two meeting up again? Man, you got to look at Denver. I mean, I think Flacco is going to be elite. I mean, that's the one thing that I think Denver's truly missing is a good quarterback. I mean, they've been in quarterback purgatory since Peyton left. And, and they got the tools – um, they got the defense. They got the the, the, the raucous home field advantage, the Mile High Stadium, and and all the distractions that that come along with Denver. That that they're the sleeper team where where they feel like they're they're overlooked because everyone's focusing on the L.A. Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, you don't rule out Denver, 
uh, let's see here who else is in the uh, the AFC. I'd say that's about it. I'd say that all your threats are from within, are from the AFC West, really. And and it was luck for sure. But you know, he made his move and decided to take care of himself, which I think was was awesome. And uh, yeah, so I'd say Denver or uh, the Chargers will be that the team to beat come playoff. All right, we're going to throw some very official prediction questions your way now that are going to remain set in stone, so you better be on your game. <laughs> Who are your your predictions for the offensive MVP and defensive MVP for the Chiefs this season? Um, man, it's going to be easy for me. I'd say I'd say Mahomes and I'd say Matthew. I mean, I just think that you get a guy who's going to be dynamic. I think I think Matthew's the guy where you know I believe he used to return punts at LSU. So he's got that he's got that open field ability with the balls. He's got ball skills. Uh, so he'll be getting those interceptions and he'll be running them back. And I think he might even run back a pick six where uh, a defense alignment, maybe Okafor might intercept it and then turn around, pitch it to Matthew, and then he'll get one like that because he's that guy and he's got you know, those ball skills. Yep, those are probably the crowd favorites. And I tell you what, I can't wait to see both of those guys playing. Uh, so with the new defense, with year two of Mahomes starting, what is your official prediction for the Chiefs' season, win-loss prediction regular season, and will they make the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, um, let see, I got to play 16 games, so I'm thinking 13-3. and 13-3 and three, and then um, home field advantage. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Chargers – you know, we do a split with the Chargers, and they end up with home field advantage. And then the Chiefs have to win their way through through uh, non home field advantage, but being like one of those one of those thirteen win uh, wild cards that can happen once in a blue moon. But yeah, and that's what I think: thirteen and three, and uh, non home field advantage Super Bowl champions. Are the Chargers still playing in that same stadium? Um, yeah, they're playing in the Galaxy Stadium. Yeah, the soccer field. So you think you think the Chargers are going to come in and win an Arrowhead again? Yeah, I because, do. Because they have the worst home home advantage. It's it's like toxic for them. It's almost it's almost like playing on the road when they're, they're at home. So playing on the road. Yeah, no, they I, are. They went well, eight zero on the road, or undefeated on the road last year, which is crazy. Just well, just depending on on what goes on. I mean, doesn't I don't think Gordon Gordon's going to sign this year, um, but I think that that they they have enough weapons, and I think Philip Rivers' game doesn't change because he's like Brady, where he's a pocket passer and he's not relying on his on his slow legs to get him through. And I just think he he does does a great job managing everything. He is pretty solid. But last question. And before we let you go on this Labor Day, uh, what is your official Super Bowl prediction? Official Super Bowl prediction. Um, okay, so I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking Kansas City, and then you know you want to go with the Saints because you don't want to bet against Drew Brees, but that's the lazy pick. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that the Rams will be back in the Super Bowl. And they will lose it. Like they'll be like the Buffalo Bills in the early '90s, where they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> but that they're going to end up losing for like four years in a row. 
how tough would that Super Bowl be living in Kansas City, doing the podcast, and then you played for the Rams when they're in St. Louis, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, but that was another lifetime ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. So, uh, so It'd be tougher with the Saints because the Saints is, is more relevant and um, I feel more connected to I mean, because we got our 10-year okay. reunion in December versus a Andrew Luckless Colts on Monday night in December. So, so how would that matchup feel for you if it was Saints Chiefs? How tough would that one? That would be you? a difficult matchup just because Drew Drew is such a good human being and and Sean Payton is such a such a great coach that it, it will be a Super Bowl that I really I want the Chiefs to win. But if Drew wins another one, that's cool too. But I'd be rooting for the Chiefs by barely, and it'd be like I could watch it like like two of my children are playing against each other, and I just wouldn't know who to root for. <laughs> well, I will take any scenario that gets the Chiefs into the Super Bowl. Before we let you go, please let all the boneheads, all the Chiefs fans, all the K-State fans, anyone who's listening to this, let them know where they can find your podcast with BJ Kissel and let them know when they should be tuning into the Border Patrol to hear you, uh, good human being, Stephen Stink, John, and a couple other knuckleheads. Um, so you can find In the Trenches on wherever you get your podcast action at. And then you can find me on the Border Patrol on a random weekday morning because my schedule is so erratic. And uh, just know that it's always always one step away from going off the rails, and that's how I like to get it, is get some information in and then party time, right? Just like a mullet. Business up front, party in the back. <laughs> we like to hear that. Thank you for coming on with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. I'm honored, and I should expect a koozie in the mail. Is this how this works? Yep, you uh, you got in, you got on the show, so uh, we'll slide into the DMs, get your address, and you will be getting your koozie in the mail very soon. Can you cut the side so I can fit on my bourbon glass, please? Uh, well, I'll see what I can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Go cheese, go cats. Meet me at yeah, the Cathead. I listen to you time and time again. While you tell me just what's right And you tell me a thousand things a day Then sleep somewhere else at night Going back to Kansas City And I love you tears But just how long can I keep singing